It's Casey and George back with GBR Live as we are every single Tuesday. It's Halloween, George. It's Halloween, October 31st, 2023. Before we get started, we got to always thank those people that make everything possible for us to make this free to the viewer every single week. TSR Racing Products. Visit them for your Power Glides, Turbo 350s, Turbo 400, 727 transmission parts. And don't forget those catalogs, books they have, man, that teach you how to rebuild those yourself. If you can't have somebody do it for you, get one of those books. They're great. They work just like Haynes manuals. That's how I learned how to rebuild transmissions. Everything's got pictures and whatnot. 3D printed parts by BRG 3D printed parts. Anything you need, Brian Garrett will print it up for you. Out of high-density polymers and plastics, Syntex printing, Temple, Texas, stickers, shirts, brochures, etc. Driven racing oil. Don't forget to use that driven racing oil whenever the weather is cooling off as it is right here at my house. If you are running methanol, you definitely need to run driven racing oil. GBR 10, get yourself 10% off. Proform Parts, visit ProformParts.com for your carburetors, alternators, starters, radiators, distributors, tools, and much, much more. Crew Chief Pro Software, whenever the weather changes, I could have benefited from looking at that a little bit more this weekend, man, and teaching me what I needed to, what I thought I knew, Crew Chief Pro did know. And I didn't pay attention to it. So visit crewchiefpro.com and fix that for you. And of course, if you want some GBR merch, I heard about that a lot this weekend. I know TJ Phipps came over to me and asked why I didn't have a stash of it in the trailer. Visit 8mileapparel.com to get your going bracket racing shirts and especially hoodies, man, because it's getting a little cold out here. But we got hats up in there, too. And we'll have some new stuff coming in. Maybe once a month, something like that. So always visit 8th Mile Apparel. Get your GBR merchandise. Support bracket racing, especially on Tuesdays. So, George, what's going on, man? You going trick-or-treating? Yeah, man, I got kids. Of course I'm going trick-or-treating. You know, it's kind of cold, though. You're right about that old GBR hoodie, Casey, man. It's it's uh just got done winterizing the motorhome yesterday, and that's the first time I ever did that. So I have my old man on the phone. Of course, he's coaching me through it, and I'm running this type of antifreeze through uh, – through all of my lines in there and draining out my hot water heater and all that good stuff. So, hey, don't wait too long, guys. It, uh, that cold snap's going to sneak up on you in a heartbeat. You know, as Texas get things, it generally heads out your direction, Casey. So, um, yeah, it was good. I know, right? It was 29, well, I think 29 or 28 degrees last night here in North Texas. So, a little bit too early for all that. And anyway, it's going to be like 75 on the weekend, I think. So, um just to tell you how it goes here in Texas weather-wise. It's always up and down, brother. But otherwise, I don't got much going on, man. Trying to figure out if I'm going to go racing this week. What about you? Uh, there's nowhere to go this weekend, as far as I know. Um, I do. Well, Chad Duke was trying to get me to go to uh, Aiken. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make it down there. I, I expect Chad to probably go down there. He said Aiken likes him. So uh, 
we'll see how he does down there. Uh, they got, I don't know. I don't know if it's 20 granders or 10 granders, whatever they have down there. But I think uh, the following weekend, I might end up going to Kenton. It all depends on what the weather's like. Um, Tobacco Field Nationals be out there. I think that thing's been going on forever. I've been meaning to go to that for every year since I've lived here. And uh, I'm finally prepared to to do that because usually, you know me, George, usually I'm tearing a car apart this time of year or <laughs> trying to blow money some way. But uh, hopefully I can make it this year. Um, right. You know, but, you know, everything this time of year, it's always weather dependent. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is it 85 degrees outside? <laughs> you never know. But freezing cold, one or the other. Shoot, you know what I mean? So now I'm right there with you. I think I might have one more left in me. Uh, my old man will be here this week, so I, who knows? We might try to sneak on out to Ardmore for the oil, I think they're oil patch or oil pasture nationals, whatever you want to call it. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but um, going for four grand Saturday and Sunday, I might only get to make one day, but hey, one day is better than no days. You know what I mean? That's right. That's huh. right, man. It's uh, it's always nice whenever you can go racing and not have to end up being at work. That's the way I always see it. But That's always true. <laughs> George, this year, man. Halloween habit, huge race, always a huge race at Galat. And Scott Lewis, my buddy, he's actually over here in the chat right now. Uh, Scott Lewis, man, I was so happy that Scott ended up beating Blaine Parrish in the finals. Blaine, dude, one of the best racers out here by far. His dad was one of the best racers out here, was for years. Blaine's following right in his footsteps. I believe the Camaro, I didn't even think about this till about 15 minutes ago. I was talking to Dylan Champion right before I got on here. And I was like, man, I never even thought about that. I'm pretty sure that that's the Camaro his dad always used to drive. So super cool for Blaine to do that as well. Uh, talked to Blaine uh, right after the finals. I believe he said he bumped it. I assume he probably had five in the bump down. He bumped it like two or three red. Scott was 11 on the tree. Both of them went a little bit under the dial in. It would have been a, a really good race regardless of what happens. But I think they were both happy with the outcome. I think they split it in the final, ran for the big check. Uh, myself didn't do bad didn't do good ended up I'm still in the fourth round slump George I'm going out this year if I don't race anymore I never lost before fourth and I never got past sixth and I'm just in a weird slump right here where I'm just like it's if the, the money's right there you know what I mean so I've been in that slump before and uh, I guess I'm back to it but you know, at least at least it's not a, a first round lose and buy back and lose second. You know what I mean? That's a true statement. That's a true statement. Speaking of speaking of rounds and going for rounds, Casey, man, I tell you what, if you just take your show on the road to what I'm about to show next, SFG's got a pretty good race going on at Capital City Motorsports Park. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Montgomery International Raceway now or something like that. But regardless, $525 gets you to race for $50,000 three days in a row. You know there's going to be some type of warm-up, which is $15K if you're racing at uh, SFG. And I know for another fact that there's going to be some form of round money. Well, Casey, man, you take your four rounds and, and, and get into your sixth round like your average says... You might wind up into some pretty good money there, man. So you might as well get on the road. I think you're about, you know, maybe about 12, 13 hours away from there. I don't really know. I'm just guessing. No big deal. You know, <laughs> no big deal. Just jump on in the car. And if you go, I'll jump on my stuff. I'll meet you there. I don't think I can. I can't get the day off. I was going to be there, and uh, I was already entered. But you know how it goes. Man, you, you got to go to work, too, at the same time. We got to pay for this, ha this uh, hobby that we have. 
So if uh, if that one doesn't suit you, this come uh, I believe that's the 9th through the 12th, then take a look at the old Del Palaz Memorial Thanksgiving race. Maybe that one will suit you. Those dates are a little bit different there. Looking at November 24th through 26th, I do believe. Uh, all 10s across the board. Looks like weekend entry off the top is for 400 No box for 300 I think there's some type of shootout going on there too. So can't go wrong with a CP race. And uh, if you're in that area, uh, looking forward to hearing good things out of that event. But Casey, I know I kind of uh, commandeered a little bit of time there. And we were about to get into the subject. But it was a perfect time to talk about going four rounds <laughs> and uh you've oh, yeah. been doing that quite a bit so keep it going man that halloween race four rounds uh and i uh, heard you were laying down some pretty pretty okay laps yeah man until i wasn't <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, i will say the uh the thing that it's always tough man because so i guess we'll get into the before before i say what i was going to say we'll get into kind of the premise of what happens so great weather this year man it's it's you know, Halloween weekend, and it's 85 degrees, not a cloud in the sky on Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. Uh, the cold weather just rolled in today. It was still nice yesterday, um, so couldn't ask for much more. But along with that, and along with racing at one of the best tracks in the country as far as bracket racing goes and anything for that matter, almost, I believe, I heard potentially 500 entries on property this weekend for this race. Uh, it's always huge. Last year, Kyle Cotrera came in and uh, actually ran the table pretty much. I think he won the top race or he either won foot break or won top and runnered up the other. So, I mean, you know, needless to say, we all know who Kyle Cotrera is. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is they had tons and tons of entries. Um, as I already stated, Scott Lewis wins over Blaine Parrish, T.G. Pascal, Michelle Pilo in the, in the semifinals. Uh, due to the the overwhelming car count and the overwhelming amount of people that showed up, they ended up, it was supposed to be two 10 graders, one Saturday, one Sunday. Well, because of the amount of people that showed up, they ended up just saying, okay, we're going to run one race total and we're going to combine everything. So everything's double. So now it's 20 grand to win. Now, instead of being two or three grand to runner up, it's going to be whatever it was, four or six grand to runner up. Lots of money up in it. Scott Lewis saying 490 cars over there. Um, so I guess uh, there were a lot of opinions thrown around on Facebook about people who liked the decision, people who disliked the decision. And I thought that this would be a good topic to have this week as far as what is the correct decision? Is there a correct decision? What decision would you have made? And how could this be solved in the future? Because the car counts, luckily, now this is the first thing I want to say before we even get into this. And I know I've already told you this and I'll tell the viewers this. You and I grew up in an area in Southern Illinois uh, where especially during the recession, all our tracks closed, Gateway even closed, National Event Facility closed. There was nowhere for us to race for a while. And I will say as a person who lives in North Carolina, people who live here are spoiled. And there's tons and tons of tracks here within a very small distance. And I'm spoiled now to the point where I'm like, man, I don't want to drive two hours the track because I don't have to do that anymore. I can go 30 minutes down the road. I can go an hour down the road, hour and a half. And I can get to a lot of tracks. Now, what I want to say is never, ever, ever, and I posted this as going bracket racing on Galat's page, which I'm sure you saw, and I'm sure most people saw, never bash your local track because you guys do not understand what it's like 
to wish you could be racing and you can't because you have to drive five and a half hours to Indy to go race or something like that, right. you know, versus where we used to live, obviously, is what I'm talking about. But the fact of the matter is you never want to bash the local track. Talk to them on your own time, man. Don't do that on social media. There's no need for that. There's no need to not allow somebody to defend themselves. We we all need the track. It doesn't matter how much money you have invested in your racing program, how great of a racer you are. I don't care if you win every single race that you ever enter. I don't care if you're the greatest racer of all time. If there is not a racetrack for you to race at, it doesn't matter. It's meaningless. So that's my number one thing that I have to say about that. Now, that being said, just just knowing the the little bit of what you, what you do know right now as far as large car count the story is large car count curfew how do we get the race in what are we going to do what's off the top of your head what is uh what's your thought as, as far as how can we make this happen what should we do it's 500 entries there man um i know a lot of people say no buyback that seems to be um the census especially at the big money level to where it's like no buyback, you eliminate that one round, and you go, you keep rolling. So it's always one down, one go down, or two go down, one come back every single round, unless there's a buy. Even still, one's gonna come back, of course. Um, moving into that time, into that type of a race, at least cuts that one round. I feel like it gets you done a little bit sooner, and at the same time, seems to be what most promoters, what most big money promoters for 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 sure. Uh, is the route that they're taking in order to get the race done on time. Uh, it's either that or you're going to have to go into marathon mode. So um, you can kind of see heads of tail, or you can make heads of tail of either either decision um, because um, I, I feel like it, before the end of this stream is over, we'll, we'll notice that double-edged sword, um, which I'm sure uh, as we keep talking, once again, you'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll be mentioning as well. Get your, get your comments in the chat as well if you're watching from GBR community because we're going to go through those as well. Uh, that's what we're trying to, to get across today. Um, Casey, give me your number one thoughts on how you feel like it ought to have been changed or or should have been ran. Or, or better yet, did you like how it went in the first place? You know what I mean? Well, number one, I'm always a uh, proponent of it's, uh, you know, whoever the track and management is, it's, you know, whatever they say, that's what I'm going to do. You know, it doesn't matter really if I'm happy with it or not, because ultimately it's kind of like, you know, people bash promoters, people bash tracks. Nobody forced you to go. Nobody held a gun to your head and said you had to go. So if you didn't want to go, don't go. That's fine. If it's a bad program, then it'll kill itself. That is what it is. So that's, that's first and foremost. Secondarily, what I would like to have seen is I have proposed this several times, and I wonder if maybe next year somebody will will watch one of our shows and just attempt this at some point, because as far as I know, it's never been tried before. And I, I think that if you're going to allow doubles, the reason you have to have doubles is because to pay these massive purses, you have to have doubles. That's the reason why they're so big. Now, it's, it's a whole other story as far as you need to race for the money you're racing to be able to justify double entering some of these races and pay the entry fees they need. That's a totally different subject. But I think if you're going to allow doubles and you have, and this is only in this scenario where you have too many cars where you can't complete the race, you should say, okay, this is our choices. You have the choice to personally double enter the race, but if you double enter, you can't buy back. 
you have no option for a buyback. If you choose to single enter this race, then you have a choice to buy back. So you know for sure as a single entry, you will for sure be in the second round or buyback round, whatever you want to do. Sure. You have a second shot. Sure. Double entries, you already got your second shot because you entered twice. And in Galat's scenario, the track actually would have been better off because I believe the the buyback was like $100. Of course, everything was doubled, so it doubles everything. But the entry for the day, if you had a weekend entry, was 110 So it's essentially the same thing either way. It's the same money no matter what. You're just gambling on the fact that if you're a double entry, in my in my scenario, you're gambling that you're good enough to have two shots in the second round, whereas anybody who singles at best will have one shot in the second round. So what that does is, especially if you run doubles together, this will for sure work out this way. If you could run every double against each other, which would be almost impossible, let's just say you can theoretically, sure. you're taking half the doubles out, you're making them all singles essentially. Like some people will have two, some people will have zero, some people will both have one. But the fact of the matter is, is that you'll cut out essentially 50% of those people that were going to be in the buyback round. You've cut them out already going into second round. So you're running instead of running, say, round, you know, when you have a buyback, you're always running round one and then round 1.2. Right. Now right. you're running round, say, one and a half. At, at most so you've already cut out a good chunk of the cars that would be in round two right. so that's my main idea as to how things like this could be solved because this hasn't just happened this weekend this happened a couple times this year right and i, I kind of want to take your thought because i actually like that uh, i like that thought process as a equalizer as well um it is what it is i think that that works as an equalizer, everybody doesn't have as long a money as everybody else, which I'm not pocket watching. I don't care what you do with your racing program. I just want it to be fair as it pertains to the track. A lot's going into our racing programs and, and promoters are doing a lot to make it as, as, as fair as possible. Like you've mentioned already, uh, keeping doubles against doubles, things of that nature to where you're not quote unquote, you're not, you're not always going to be racing against somebody who's double entered. Still going to catch the tail end of that one person who's been down the track twice already, though. It, it just mm -hmm. happens that way. So in order to keep it that way, I like the thought process that you have, Casey. I feel like to implement it, it needs to be an unsung rule, almost. As in, if you get a certain amount of entries, automatically the first thought is single uh, double entries do not get a buyback. Single entries go down and get a buyback as well. That I think that would be hard to implement the way that you're mentioning it. Maybe you can help clarify this, but do you want that particular style of, of setup or, or, or restriction to be implemented at the gate? Or say, for instance, there's 600 cars entered, have, have a racer's meeting to figure out what we're going to do. How would you like it to be in, implemented in, in the perfect world? Air quotes. Well... My scenario, I would like to be implemented immediately at somebody's race that you know you're going to have a ton of entries at. Um, as far as the other decision-making process, um, we've had a few times this year uh, where we've had an extreme car count, something that was unexpected. And don't get me wrong, this is the best thing that could possibly happen is having these type of discussions because discussing that there are too many cars 
that's the best scenario period it's a great problem um so you know everybody's talking about getting rid of double entries doing this doing that everyone has a different opinion as far as the racers go and ultimately the racers are the customers and the customers always right type thing and you can't please everybody as well but i think what could solve a lot of the backlash on these things where people go on facebook and bash tracks bash promoters bash managers things like that i think the easiest thing to do would be put it in the racers hands and what i mean by that is have a driver's meeting 10 minutes that's it say look you know we were intending on starting first round at at nine o'clock instead of going right into lanes we're going to have a 10 minute driver's meeting everybody needs to be here by nine who wants their voice heard and wants to hear what i have to say if you're not here then it is what it is sure. so you say look nine o'clock i'm going to lay out two or three options we have a crazy car count in this scenario we have a crazy car count we can't possibly have doubles and buybacks Option number one is the idea I just stated. Option number two is single entries only. Uh, option number three is single entries and, and buybacks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Those are the options. This is why we're doing it. I'm going to go back in the tower for five minutes. I'm going to come back in five minutes after you guys have a chance to talk. We're going to take a vote. And yep. whatever you guys say, whoever the majority is, that's what we're doing. And I don't care what it is. Those are the options you guys pick. Yeah. And that I think that would solve a lot of things because at that point, you're standing in front of the racers, you're hearing them out, you're letting their voices be the ones who choose because they paid to race. They paid to race here. So they're the ones that you need to listen to. And at the end of the day, whatever the majority says, you gave everybody a chance to equally be there at that driver's meeting, convince whoever to have a vote. And that's that. That's a know? fact. That's a fact. I'm going to go to the chat too. I see TJ Pruitt chiming in here. He says, he says, facts, I agree 100%. Social media gives us easy access to bash. That is basically the way of life right now is social media in a sense. Everybody's on some form of social media. Everybody can be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. And social media could also be the great terrorizer of our sport at the same time. Another thing that I'm going to bring up. Uh, within this particular stream today not currently right now but that's a good comment from tj pruitt i got to I, speaking of i got to watch your uh, interview with um donnie hagar man great job over there at drag coverage if you missed it uh head over to drag coverage and watch that that was actually really good man and uh looking forward to meeting you at uh pri as well so but uh mac mcclain chimes in in here and he says considering the situation i don't see what else they could do uh, or could have done there were complaints about $200 buybacks, but I understand because if everybody bought back, they would they wouldn't they would be back in the same time and crunch situation. The only way you can say to prevent this is to set pre-entry, which is touch and go as well. And a lot of people don't like pre-entry, Mac. So I agree with everything Mac says here. It's it's pretty self-explanatory there. I also agree with the $200 buyback. If you can't afford a $200 buyback, then well, guess what we've just did? Essentially, we've made one less racer not be able to race. I mean, what what are we trying to do here? Not try to take away from the racer, but we're trying to get the event done in a timely fashion. Okay, again, I say, this track has a, a curfew. They can't run all night long. They can't get... <laughs> If you get 500 cars down the track and you get it done, congratulations to you. Has it been done? Absolutely. Sure. Great. But the chances are you're going to run into something that slows you up and, and, and won't allow you to finish that race. So 
Uh, Casey, man, I I like the idea that you you've you've had. I'm sure we'll continue talking about this throughout the year. I'll tell you what, I'd like to see Pete Biondo do it, especially in Bristol, because that race is always packed, and I hate it when I have to watch him just not have buybacks at all. Because as the promoter, it's just a little bit more change that they could be making to make make the races better. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. No, exactly. And uh, the problem with the whole cap deal is you can't you can't cap a local race. Um, and by the way, I got to meet Mac McLean this weekend. It was kind of funny because uh, he he came over and I think he was talking to my dad and then he introduced himself to me. I was like, man, I know who you are. And I said, well, you know, we were getting ready to go up for a time run or something. I said, man, it was good to meet you or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll see you around. And he's like, well, actually, I'm just like three trailers over. I was like, huh. <laughs> so that was kind of funny that uh, how that ended up working out. But it was good to uh, good to meet him because uh, he's one of the big time supporters of GBR. Here's another good question for you, man. And uh, and I see Max comment. He says, invite a promoter on the show to ask your questions. Trust me, man, if you go back in the archives, we've had quite a few promoters on this show. Expect to see quite a few more as the Winter Series kick off uh, during the wintertime. You know, those promoters are pretty busy throughout the year trying to keep uh, hundreds and hundreds of race cars going down the track and uh, keep, out, keep on paying out that life-changing money. So TJ Phipps chimes in, Casey. He says, could the race have been completed with no time runs on Saturday, Saturday morning, uh, or just new entry only? At least 75% of the people there made runs Friday. It's an interesting question, Casey. Were you on the premises Friday? No, I wasn't there Friday, but I, I know where he's going with that, and I agree with uh, I agree with that. And actually, Quiz uh suggested something to me earlier this week and hopefully i'm allowed to say this i won't exactly say what what's what but uh he said a solution he would have would be um would be have a test and tune on friday if you participate in test and tune you got plenty of time runs new entry time run on uh on uh saturday only just like sunday would be new entry time run only so you cut out a lot of people right there um and then go right into racing Hmm. It'll, it'll save a ton of time because the problem is whenever you have like when you have this many cars, first round takes like two or three hours. Right. Right. And if you have buybacks and they fall right into second round, it takes two, three hours again. Right. And so you just ran first round twice. And if you could at all figure out how to move that along, which would mean rather than starting time runs at nine, you would have maybe like say 25% of the cars that do time runs or whatever. Like just look at just look at for example, the days at, at the track, like Galat is one of these tracks that does this. When we have our normal weekend races, you have a time run on Saturday, and then it's only new entry on Sunday. Right. There might only be 10 cars go down the track and we're right in the first round. First, yep. Look how much sooner we finish the race on Sunday versus on Saturday. Yep. Everybody, you know, most people that watch this show right now are probably in North Carolina because it's 530. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody else usually watches it a little bit later because, you know, where you're at is 430 and a lot of people watch on the West Coast. They're not even off yet. Right. But the fact of the matter is that whenever you run a race like that, you literally take, because here's the other thing I just thought of. When you have a buyback round, I just said you run first round over again. If it takes two hours, then it usually takes two hours again. Well, your time runs take that long too. 
So you just cut two hours out right there by by doing something like that, you know. So that makes it rather than finishing the race at twelve o'clock at night, you're finishing it at ten. Yeah, to be honest, to be honest, and and seemingly it would be a lucrative for the local track, as always here at Going Bracket Racing. We're always trying to find out a way to make the local track more lucrative for whomever owns it, so that I can come race in case it can go race, and all of us who are talking about bracket racing can go race if we're not the promoter sitting behind the, the the promotion cap, right? So taking away those time runs, Casey, that essentially would allow for everything else to potentially everything else can go. You you work on you work to get the time runs on Friday. You go racing on, on Saturday. Heck, bring the doubles, bring the buybacks. At that point, you did just gain probably three or four hours. Let's be real. It's at least three or four hours you gained with just one time run. I know out here at Ardenware, it's bit, it didn't actually bite me. I didn't necessarily care for it too much because I was a new entry for the whole weekend. They don't even have a time run on Sunday. So if you're a new entry time run on Sunday, you're going into the first round with Crew Chief Pro. That's it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so I got to tell you. So And that's it, the reason you need to worked. visit CrewChiefPro.com. I mean, it worked, right? I had a good dial-in. Crew Chief was right there for me. So, I mean, <laughs> I got through the round, but, you know. Uh, just something to think about. Something to think yep. about for sure. And, what do you uh, got on the YouTube side, comment-wise? Uh, AD6566, if they take away doubles at the Vegas Fling, I won't be driving 1,800 miles to attend. To me, it doesn't make sense. I agree with that. Um, I think there's a time and a place for things like that, and obviously the Spring Fling Vegas would not be that time uh, simply because it is so far out of the way. I totally understand that. Uh, this is only an issue for certain areas like obviously bristol the reason that peter went went uh, to single entry format at bristol it still sold out in three minutes that's the three reason minutes. he did that why not you though know, yeah and, so i mean that's it's a time and a place type thing it's just in certain scenarios because obviously like we were discussing earlier uh what what i led into this whole conversation with there's areas of the country where tracks are shutting down because they don't have enough cars this isn't a problem all the time it's only a problem in certain areas and you can structure the race where people understand that's possible. Maybe this is something because this has never been a real problem before. I think the the original Moroso five day, but it was more of a party for per se than a uh, than everybody going there to race. <laughs> right. um, you know, but I think that uh, maybe this is something that promoters need to start looking into putting on their flyer and putting some thought into what if I had like. You know, the normal thing as far as a, prom a as far as a promoter goes is, man, I hope cars show up. I'm freaking out. I hope cars show up. They're all nervous before the gates open and just hope everybody shows up. Well, in certain areas of the country anymore, you're more worried about what happens if 600 cars show up? What happens if 700 entries show up? What do I do? Maybe this is something that needs to be looked into and put on the flyer in that fine print section that says, hey, if we have over, yep. you know, not – not if we have under this amount of entries, this is what happens to the person. If we have over this amount of entries, then we're either going, we're going to have two options. We're either going to put that money into the purse, which people might be cool with and running a marathon, or we might get rid of doubles, or we might get rid of buybacks or whatever. But that might need to, need to be a thing that goes on the flyer from now on. So I feel like what you're saying is that the, the majority of the gripes or the uncomfortable situation being told something different than what you were actually anticipating when you showed up, the majority of it comes from the unknown. 
hey, I didn't know you were going to take away uh, a second race altogether or take away buybacks or take away doubles. There is a way to solve that, and it's just what you just said. Even if there isn't a flyer, if it's an underlined rule in our community of racing, if the rule says there's this many racers here, we must go to um, only doubles, no buyback situation. If you're single entry, then you get a buyback. Okay, If we must go to that, then so be it. I see uh, TJ's mentioning in here, when they took away doubles, everybody else went and, went and ran foot brake, I think, or bottom bubble yes. in the first place. Went, yep. So that's the same amount going, of cars going that. down the track. You know what I mean? Right. That is the same anybody, exact thing. Right. Anybody with a, uh, anybody with a, with a door car that didn't do that, that was intending on doubling, I don't know what you were doing. I mean, um, I even saw the uh, the Triple R Thunderbird that was like 520s or something. I don't know if he could keep it green or not, but uh, he was foot wrecking too. And I mean, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Brandon did it. Uh, I think Quez did it. You know, all of us did. Adam did it. Everybody did it. Um, all of my friends, you know, we we all did that because we intended on coming and doubling anyway. So if we have the option, why wouldn't we? It's, it's more than likely, it, if it's not the last, it's the last race of the year for a lot of people. And you want to go race. So we're going to go race. It's a great weekend to race. You don't know what the weather's going to be like from here on out. And we knew it was 85 and sunny that weekend. Right. No chance of rain. So we're racing, you know? Right, right. No, man, it's, it's a pretty good subject. I feel like we better come back to it after the commercial break here. Maybe give a few, a little bit more room to the chat to uh, chime in there. I've seen some Kevin Greider, uh, some uh, Kevin Greider comments here that were pretty good as well. And I'll come back to that after the commercial break. Remember, guys, to hit that share button. Um, so that all your friends and everybody can come in and chime in. The drag racing community can chat uh, chat with us about bracket racing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. TSR Racing Products has everything you need to make your Power Glide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at tsr-racing.com or give them a call at 800 394 5889. Unleash your horsepower with Proform Super Street Aluminum Roller Rockers. Utilize the latest cutting edge manufacturing and design processes. The dual contoured body design allows for more rigidity with a greater strength to weight ratio, increasing engine power. Super Street Aluminum Roller Rockers are available for a variety of applications and specs for Chevy, GM, and Ford, including pedestal mount, as well as a Chrysler shaft mount style rockers. On the strip or the street, Proform has you covered. BRG Motorsports 3D printed racing parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation. Items like safety belt magnets, nitrous bottle holder, and even quick-release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from BRG Motorsports 3D printer racing parts. Have a look at top-selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D printer racing parts at telephone number 765-729-1177.
All right, welcome back. Welcome back, and big thank you. Shout out to all of our marketing partners, Crew Chief Pro, Driven Racing Oil, BRG Motorsports, 3D Printed Parts, TSR Racing Products, Syntex Printing, Team 14 Motorsports, Ken Jones Performance, Proform Parts, Com. Head over there and look at all their items. We're at that time of year, guys, where we've got to figure out what we're going to do in the offseason. I know somebody's got something burning a hole in their pocket. That would be me. Uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my racing operation for this next uh, for this winter. And uh, might be leaning on that converter a little bit. Uh, who knows? Uh, it's probably the, the wisest thing for me to do at this point. But um, Casey, man, as we get back into the show, several good points have been raised already. And uh, I like Kevin Grider's comment here, and I wanted to come back to it, where he said, keep the race, and I'm paraphrasing, keep the race, uh, you cap the race and you allow entries into a certain date to be single. If at a certain point you don't reach the amount of racers that you need, allow those singles to double. I like that thought process quite a bit. I do. Uh, I feel like that will work really well at the spring fling as well, or excuse me, at the, the, the fall fling on Bristol, I believe is where it is, uh, because there's always going to be they're a lot of racers there. They're just going to they're going <laughs> to yeah. fill it up. I mean, it it is what it is, right? Um, but I do like that thought process quite a bit um, and uh, would like to see that would happen as well. But I've seen another comment here, and it looked like it was Mike, Mike Nelson, and as long as my screen doesn't move too many times, I'll be able to read it off. But he says, we had that that being this, uh, this uh, good problem of too many entries in the race. He had it at MIR. He says there were 563 cars entered Saturday night, first round. It They took it down to 29 cars at curfew time and finished it up Sunday morning. And he talks about how good of a time it was. Casey, so... I'm not I'm not an operator of the track and I know several people and I didn't I don't know this for a set for a fact but I would I would assume several people probably mentioned the fact that these big money promoters some other tracks different locations are able to run down 600 cars in the same amount of time why didn't you at least take a shot at it break it down to me what that event was actually uh, what all was inside of that event because it doesn't sound like it was just a race what all was going on yeah, it was. Uh, so first of all, um, you know, I saw I, this is similar because I saw it over here in the YouTube chat. Someone was saying, well, why couldn't they get it done? Because the fling gets it done there at that exact track with that many or more entries. Well, the thing is, is this wasn't just one class. So we can't just say first round. Here we go. Now let's all go. And now we'll go into second round. We had first round of top, first round of foot break, first round of junior dragsters. Dude, there were 60 junior dragsters there. You know, so, you know, that's another thing that kind of side note there. Everybody says bracket racing's dying. First of all, what we're talking about shows clearly it's not. Secondarily, junior dragsters, uh, having 60 junior dragsters is great to see at this time whenever they say kids aren't interested in racing anymore. Having 60 junior dragsters on site shows a lot of promise for the future. Um, but the fact of the matter is, man, this Halloween Havoc is – and I think this is actually at most tracks. Halloween Havoc is more of a event for the family to go to. Like Galat has trick-or-treating. Um, last year, they shut down. You know, obviously this year they didn't because they were, you know, balls to the wall on this deal. But 
a lot of times they'll shut down for 30 minutes for the kids to go trick-or-treating and have fun and stuff. And they'll have costume competitions and golf cart dress-up competitions, trailer dress-up competitions, stuff like that. You know, so people don't go to this race necessarily just to race. You go there for a fun family event, kind of like what you would do at like a Christmas race or like some sort of vacation area type race. Um, it's it's about the experience as much as it's about the race. You're just racing while you're doing all this other fun stuff with your family. Yeah. So I would say that's number one. It's not the same. So we have 11 o'clock curfew, I believe, at Galat, and we're trying to fit in all this extra stuff at the same time. And everyone knows this is how it is every single year. You know, last year at this same time, nobody had a problem that we combined the race whenever uh, – it rained out all day Saturday. You know, it was super cold and it was crappy outside. Mm. You know, so that was a different start. Uh, earlier this year, just because this was a race I participated in, all the people who are complaining about them combining it into one race, a lot of those people are the same people that were complaining that loose rocker when they got rained out and had a terrible weather forecast this year. They were complaining that loose rocker ran it until – we couldn't run anymore and split it amongst who was left. And then we started a new race the next day. They were complaining because we didn't all, you know, combine them all and race for a big race and finish it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it goes back to, um, you know, and I guess I shouldn't say it's the same people because it's not the same people. But the fact of the matter, people will complain no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that kind of just goes back to what I was saying earlier, where my opinion is if you presented people with like two or three options and you said, you guys vote on it, I'll be back. Then it puts it on all those people. And then you can be mad at your fellow racers, but you should also be mad at yourself for not convincing them to think like you. Yeah. Yeah. But again, as I mentioned in the beginning of this show, we we're going to run our way into that double-edged sword. Um, you can't please everybody, which everybody knows that. I don't, I don't need to sit here and, and make that point that everybody knows. Uh, like I've, like I've, uncovered uh pandora's box or solve somehow you know that's just the way it is it's it's a double-edged sword here you have people who are going to be happy you have people that are going to be angry the moral of the story is you guys had a lot of racers at your racetrack uh mike nelson had a lot of racers at uh, reports a lot of racers at mir that is always a good problem to have in this sport so whatever we do to solve it keep the numbers up like that and we <laughs> Who knows? Might see more tracks like Sykeston getting reopened. You know what I mean? That's good news whenever you hear so many tracks closing down. I think I saw another track is opening in the chat over here at, at Facebook. Maybe it was it was Farmington or something like that where it's being reopened. So a lot of good things are happening with our uh, with our uh, influx of racers going on. Casey, what else we got going around here? I got a comment I'm going to make before too long, but what else you got? Uh, old racer over here is saying, as long as racing is growing, that's what we want. And that's, that's right. pretty much, that solidifies pretty much everything that I've been attempting to say this entire conversation, which, which is basically you, you know, for 10 years leading up to this, we were having issues with cars showing up and didn't know what was going to happen. And then all these big promoters came in and threw races that people want to participate in, got people excited, got people like Sean Langdon, who's a professional drag racer going to these major races just as much if not more jag coughlin going to these races just as much if not more than pro racing i mean it's uh you know that says everything you need to say right there man we have a lot of professional 
drag racers that are bracket racing. And that's attributed to the promoters and just the general lure of the sport with the amount of money you can win with a minimal investment if you choose to do so. Donnie Hagar, Nick Hastings, perfect examples of people who have earned a ton of money with not a lot of investment in their equipment. Right, man. That's right, man. So I'm going to preface my, my next comment, man, uh, with, with a little something, a little unorthodox. Casey, it's kind of going to be a couple questions to you and a couple comments to you about how I feel about what I do personally. Casey, man, I only use shell oil in my truck. What about you, man? You use shell oil? No, man, I use driven racing oil. I mean, uh, no, <laughs> shell gasoline. My bad. Do you go to shell yeah. for your gasoline? Is that your only go... place that you go to? I don't know. I don't even pay attention to where I go to, to be you honest with you. <laughs> the price is normally the same, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I only shop at Sam's, man. What about you? Uh, We go to, what do we got out here? We we used to go to Costco. Now we go to BJ's because that's over here. And now we go to Lowe's Foods because that's over here. But, oh, man, that sucks. Know. Ah, they suck. All those people suck. They all <laughs> suck. You can't go to Sam's. They... And when you walk in the door at Sam's, they tell you they're going to let in 50 people and they let in 100. That sucks, man. That yep. sucks. I'm going to tell you <laughs> what. And then they said they wasn't going to have Bob Axe and they had him anyway. And they wasn't going to allow no doubles. And this, that, and the third. And, and the point I'm trying to make is I'm tired of this whole battle that I get to watch because Facebook is, is just the place where we want to knock our heads against the wall and talk about people and bash what this person's doing. And I'm going to do it better. I love competition, but I don't like the bring down situation we got going on here. We just got done talking about making the sport of bracket racing as good as possible. How are we going to do that if all the time somebody does something just a little bit different than the next it's a bash party, or this person's no good, or you shouldn't go race with that person because he did this, and he did that, and this happened, and uh, you shouldn't race over there, and I'm going to throw this race on this. And If we can stop all of that, and, and, and hopefully this is being well-received, if we can stop all that, maybe we can get back to racing. Because in the end of the day, stage the car up and beat me in the lanes. That's all I want you to do in the first place. Right. Should I say, oh, yeah, beat man. me. Don't beat me. Go red. <laughs> but, but you see what I'm trying to say, right? Right. Oh, yeah, man. That's that's 100 percent true. Like, I think that a lot of it, you know, it goes back to a lot of tracks that are near each other, which really only happens, you know, in, in random parts of the country, like where I'm at. It's an anomaly that just motorsports so big out here. Local tracks should all work with each other, too, and not schedule on top of each other and try to, like, maybe you run a certain program over here. Like, say, if you're running no prep over here, then run bracket racing over here and then. Yeah. And then vice versa later on. And then y'all kind of can have your share of that or like run a program amongst each other. I think that if people all work together rather than having, because the thing that no one ever realizes in that scenario is that if you're going head to head, one person wins, one person loses. Racing, perfect example. One person wins, one person loses. That's how it goes. That's how it works. Now, you can just as easily be the person that wins as you can be the person that does not win that round. Just like whenever tracks and promoters go head to head and try to take each other out, one person is going to get taken out. Whereas you could just share in the wealth together and everybody could be successful. But we've already we've already forecast and already been speaking on the, the fact of the elevation, the growth, the the overall great place that 
bracket racing is in as a whole. You got the professionals coming from professional. Jay Coughlin ain't been in a pro stock car in I don't know how long. Just ran pro stock last week for the first time. And, and he was cutting double O lights and everybody was shocked. Don't you know what this man does? Right now he comes to big money bracket racing. So don't be shocked he's going double O in a pro stock car. Come on. And finally, NHRA did actually call it out. I kind of I was kind of upset that they didn't in the first round, second round. Or like, <laughs> yeah. you can tell he's staying sharp at those bracket races that he attends. That's what I want to hear. Dude, man, you, your, your brand's going to be just fine without you having to knock someone else's in this sport right now. The problem that right. we can get into is your brand hurting somebody else's brand or vice versa. Can't we all just get along, have a racer's appreciation party at the 8th mile, invite going bracket racing to, to go live from the 8th mile and, and, and park, man, have some fun with y'all at the track? I don't know, Casey, hey, the, but, dude. The thing is, too, is these big money bracket racing deals are getting to a level where we could do something like that again. We could We could do something where this could be a huge event that lots of people watch for various reasons. When Rex Simmermaker gets win light bets all ironed out and ready to go, man, like you don't even realize what's going to really happen here as far as getting people interested because there's people who will bet on a football game that don't even understand football. It's fact. You know? It's fact, dude. That's fact. So I'm, I'm going to get off my, my, my box here and hopefully, hopefully you, you just think about it a little bit. You don't have to do exactly. I don't care if you do or if you don't, but let's protect this sport. If we could all agree that we all want to protect bracket racing, I think we're all going to be good in the long run anyway, right? So, Casey, yeah. man, that's that's what I had for the day. I've been waiting to say that for a few weeks. I just didn't know how to. Um, I'm not on anybody's side. I don't side with nobody uh, except for the side of bracket racing. So if you like bracket racing, then, hey, we got something in common. How about that? You know what I mean? Um, so that's where I'm at. If you like bracket racing, you need to visit 8 Mile Apparel. TJ Phipps, I see you in the chat trying to see if I have boxes and boxes of shirts, which I don't. You need to visit 8 Mile Apparel, get your T-shirts, hats, and hoodies, man. Right. But, uh, yeah, he's saying over here, uh, people still complain 20 years ago. It just took three weeks to get across the world <laughs> to other people instead of an instant FaceTime rant. And that's that's 100% the truth, man. And, and there's a lot of people, though, that didn't complain because they had to go through all the systems to complain and call your buddy on that rotary dial phone and everything and maybe it's busy or maybe somebody's on the internet you know what Man, i mean so that that's up. not a problem anymore but uh <laughs> you know sometimes technology doesn't benefit us as much as we think yeah, man. But it does allow you to watch going bracket racing every Tuesday. I heard that. I heard that. I, can't you just imagine yourself st uh, putting a stamp on a complaint about a drag race and mailing it to the promoter? <laughs> yeah, all right. I just hope the promoter rips it up, throws it in the trash. That's about what I feel about it. So, um, yeah, Casey, man, what do you got in closing? We come up on 5 o'clock. I don't know. It just happens quickly. And I got trick-or-treating to do. I got Mario and Luigi in there. So, um, seven-year-olds, <laughs> Luigi and my four-year-old's Mario. So um, I guess we're going to have to do some trick-or-treating today. What about you, man? What you got say, going to I got to I got uh, to shout this out because it's going to be a podcast-only type thing, man. And uh, I'm going to call Dylan Champion out here live. He's got – him and Adam have this uh, – they, their announcer voice that they do every once in a while. And uh, I'm going to make Dylan Champion create something for uh, Eighth Mile Apparel. 
for our merch. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make it be like an intro to the podcast or whatever. It's gonna be hilarious. So y'all have to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast platform to hear that because that's the only place you're gonna hear it. But uh, yeah, man, as always, you know, thanks to TSR BRG Syntax Driven Racing Oil. Don't forget to use that code GBR10. Get yourself 10% off Proform Parts, Crew Chief Pro Software. And again, eighth mile apparel to get your merchandise. It's Halloween. Make our kids, well, my kid's too little, but his babysitter did send him home with some candy. I might go eat some. <laughs> you might have some of that, huh? I hope mine's hide <laughs> it. Just hide it, man. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm doing pretty good. I'll be in the gym today working out. And Yeah, anyway. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for joining us here at Going Bracket Racing. Be safe out there if you're uh, going to the racetrack this week. Turn on some wind lights. Take it easy, guys.